0: Uh, it has been truly an honor and a privilege uh, to come and and preach the Word of God for us in the past few weeks here at um, Grace Presbyterian. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this uh, in the, uh, the past times, but I do have a deep appreciation for your pastor. Um, and, and I just, yeah, I'm really thankful to be here this morning as we... Um, As we come to the text of uh, John 14, uh, for the last time, uh, we will be uh, expounding upon verses 4 to verse 6 and concluding this section. So I invite you to um, open the scriptures in John 14. John 14, verses 1 to 6. If we can rise for the reading of the scripture. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take it to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Dear Heavenly Father, what a joy it has been for us to navigate through this text and and to be amazed at the words of of our Savior, Jesus Christ. How sweet and how beautiful it is the message He has given us here. Here. That He he not only makes heaven a certain place for us. He will come again, take us to Himself. But He also declares here that there is a way to heaven. And He is the way. And so I pray Lord that this morning we would understand this. That Christ. Is the way to God. This I pray in his name. Amen. May be seated. Christian is the name of, of the man in Pilgrim's progress that is going from the celestial the city of destruction to the celestial city. After finding out about the wrath of God that was soon to come upon the earth, he is determined to flee towards the heavenly Jerusalem in order to be saved. Of course, Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, which is undoubtedly an all-time classic, is, is an analogy of the uh, Christian life. We're all going from the city of destruction to the celestial city if we are Christians. And as he pers- is persistently following the path towards heaven prescribed by his master, Bunyan tells us a Christian sees two men that, that instead of entering the road to heaven through the gate in, in the beginning of the way, the so-called formalist and hypocrisy are caught tumbling over the wall of the narrow way when their dishonesty is spied by, by Christians, who inevitably comes to, to them uh, to question their procedure, uh, to which formalists and, and hypocrisy respond. If we get in the way, what matter is it which way we get in? If we are in, we are in. Christian answered them I walk. By the rule of my master. You walk by the rude working of your fancies. You are counted thieves already by the Lord of the way. You come in by yourselves without his direction. And shall go out by yourselves without his mercy. There is no matter in life. There is no thing more important and no superior question than that which has to do with a person's eternal destination. Many are deceived and fooled by believing that they are of the way because externally and And religiously, they apparently are in the way. Now, Even within the Christian church, there are those whose lives and and character and moral standard uh, do resemble that which is prescribed by Christ and that which is exemplified by many other genuine Christians. But just like these two men who tumble over the wall into the road that leads to heaven just to find out in the end of it that because they did not come in through the door that is Jesus Christ and did not submit to the way of salvation established by the Lord of the way, their doom is inevitable as if they had never stepped into the narrow road. And so many are those whose worldly wisdom insist upon believing that they are in the way. God is a, is a loving and, and compassionate God, and, and His mercy so so very wide that, that He will never judge those you by accident, maybe or due to their choices or diverse circumstances in life, were never really of the way, but they were sincere in in what they believed, and and they lived a good life. Really, truth is relative, and, and, and may not be definitively determined. And, and when applied to religion, we're all aware that, that all of them, in some way or the other, affirm basically the same tenets about God, and they're all different paths to the same heaven. And the list of different deceitful theological positions that I could reenact and that in different ways exemplifies the picture Bunyan conveys in his book is infinite given the diverse challenges and contemporary opinions that are set against the exclusive claim made by Christ in our text you know the way where I'm going Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So here in verse 4, we see the conversation takes an expected turn. And because the context indicates the Lord Himself has stated that He is going to a place where they can't come. Now that really seems to be out of both the announcement of an apostolic betrayer and Peter's denial, the most shattering and confusing and shocking news of the night. Two chapters later in chapter 16, when Christ says to them again, I am now going to Him who sent me. And none of you asks me where are you going, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. And so Jesus states in verse 3, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I'll take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. The reason why he was going was to prepare a place for them. And his promise is that he he is coming back. To take them to himself. I will come again. But here's the question that arises. And we need to understand and make clear. What does Jesus mean in this passage when he states that he is going? Apparently his continuous reference to going to the father was very much unclear. And on verse 16 of, of chapter 16, as the discussion continues, and this theme keeps on coming up again and again, Jesus tells His disciples, a little while, and, and you will see me no longer. And, and again a little while, you will see me. Verse 17 says that some of His disciples said to one another, What is this that he is saying to us? A little while and you will not see me. And again a little while you will see me. And because I'm going to the Father. What is this he's talking about? Well brothers and sisters. What is this that he is talking about? We all know. We know, <laughs> we know what was about to happen in a little while. And exactly where Jesus was going, don't we? We know. He was going to fulfill the purpose for which he came. In a word, Jesus came to go he came to go he came from heaven to go to the cross and go back to heaven as the risen savior without his death and resurrection there is no place for us in heaven And so he says, I am going. I have to die. I have to give my life. I have to pay the penalty of the debt you've incurred before the Father. Then I have to rise again for your justification. That's how I'm going to prepare a place for you. That's how. That's how. To what do all these references? I'm going away in a little while you will not see me. I'm going to the Father. Point us to but to the very death of the Son of God on the cross and His entrance into heaven where God is. According to Hebrews 9.24. We talked about heaven last week and, and how heaven is the ultimate holy of holies, of the one who is holy, holy, holy. And he says to the Father in his high priestly prayer in chapter 17, I am no longer in the world. I'm going. I'm going. But they are in the world and I am coming to you. I'm coming. This only testifies to the very last words of our dear Christ on the cross when he called out with a loud voice and said, Father, in your hands I commit my spirit. I'm going to you. How? By dying on the cross and rising from the dead. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now come again, I'll take it to myself that where I am, you may be also. How am I going to prepare a place for you by making it possible, by making it possible for you to come through my death and resurrection. Without the cross, there is no heaven for us. And so he says, I'm going. I have to go. You can't come. But you see, We have to interpret scripture in light of the context. And these disciples were good at missing altogether what Jesus tried to convey. We see that many times in the gospels. They hadn't a clue what was going on. And this doesn't stop Jesus from announcing the the truth as irrational As it may sound in verse 4, Jesus tells them, And you know the way where I'm going. In other words, without knowing exactly where is the final destination, you know what is the way. Or better yet say, you know who is the way. That's a confusing thought. Nobody can really know the way to a place they know not where it is. For in order to be in a way to somewhere, you must know. Where this somewhere is. And out of all the disciples. Thomas is the one. Who decides to represent the bunch.
1: And he echoes
0: the same question. Peter has asked Christ in chapter 13. Lord where are you going? And now Without an answer, they're bewildered. They don't seem to understand what Jesus is trying to communicate. And Thomas sees a loophole to get into the discussion and and find out more specific answers as to where Jesus was going. And so he states the obvious. Lord, we don't know where you're going how can we know the way? <laughs> Thomas is of course uh, one of the 12 apostles. We're not, we're not too fair with Thomas by the way in our memory of him. His devotion Although balanced by a realistic pessimism, is recorded by John in chapter eleven, when when he would, it stated he was willing to die with Christ if need be that in him returning to Judea in order to come to Lazarus they be caught and killed. When all the other disciples were telling Jesus Christ, don't go, it was Doubting Thomas who raised up and said, Let us go and die with him. Of course, he's known as Doubting Thomas, not for that, but for not being present. When the Lord appeared to the disciples in chapter 20 of this same gospel, Again, that's not all too fair because when the woman returned from Jesus' tomb and told the eleven that they had seen the risen Lord, they also doubted. But when Jesus reappears to Thomas, who required empirical proof of Christ's resurrection. Thomas is also the one. Who instinctively bows. Doesn't say he touched. He bows and worships. And says to Christ. My Lord. And my God. Thomas. Loved the Lord. He loved him. He was willing to die with him. And so he he is desperate. He wants to know. Where the Lord is going. And for the sake of all. He's going to get more specific information. About this ordeal. The affirmation followed by the question, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Might indicate that the apostles had lost altogether the point we've been talking about for three weeks. They've missed it. For Jesus did mention he was going to the father's house. He said it in order to prepare a place for them. But perhaps the most probable meaning of this question has to do with the fact that they don't know where the Father's house is and how can Jesus affirm that they would know how to get there if they didn't know where it was. Yes, Lord. First of all, tell us exactly where in the map is the father's house, then we'll probably confirm that we know the way, but we can't know which road to take if we haven't got a clue where is our final destination. But they knew the way. (laughs) They knew the way. They knew the way. They knew the way. They had come to know the way. He was standing right in front of them. He was the way to God. Him who, by His precious blood, would provide a way for salvation. The bloods of bulls and goats never did the job. The book of Hebrews says he has provided the way. He is the way. The way. Whose mediatorial work makes a path to the father's house established by faith. Do you want to get to the father's house? The way is Christ Himself. I think Paul has this analogy in mind in Ephesians 2 when he says, And He came and, pre- and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through Him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Through him, I am the way. The truth. In the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. It's through me. He had already said that he would come again in order to take us to himself. Then in verse six, he says that he is the way to the father. This is heaven, it's going to God. (laughs) It's being with God, it's experiencing God, marveling and glorifying God, dwelling with God, But what is the way to God? Jesus says, I am the way. I am the way. This, of course, is the uh, seventh, the sixth of the seventh great I am's recorded exclusively in the gospel of John. The first one to occur since chapter 11 before the resurrection of Lazarus. I am the resurrection and the life. And the nature of these statements are astounding because they point to the deity of Christ as being the one whom John had announced in chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And why does Christ using this designation authenticate His identity? As being more than just a man, but God incarnate? Well, because he is identifying with the name of God Himself revealed to Moses in Exodus 3. When God is commissioning Moses, Moses says to God, If I come to the people of Israel, and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent you. And the Jews understood what he was claiming when he used the name of God In John chapter 8, and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was I am, and they picked up stones to throw at him. The words, I am, I am. The I am. In this text, followed by three predicates, is first and foremost a claim to deity, a claim to equality with God, a claim to being, as he states in chapter 17, one with the Father. In fact, as the context indicates, this section really concludes in verse 11. And beginning in verse 7, Philip is the one who speaks and says, look, just show us the Father and, and this will be suffice for us. Jesus says to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me? Philip, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? And so he states, I am, ego in which can literally be translated from the Greek, I am, I am. Exactly how the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, translates Exodus 3.14. I am who I am, ego in And the apostles are using this designation to communicate what Jesus was saying to the people at the time. I am, and this points us, not only to Christ's nature as being God, but to the exclusivity and uniqueness of his being as the only one who can Properly be the way. For. As the God man. He is not. Only. The one who represents. Man. To God. But he's the only one who can. Represent faithfully. God. To man. As a. High priest, he comes with man before God, but as a prophet and king, he comes as God before man. There is no one that can mediate between God and man except the God man. Therefore, he is the way. He is the only way. He is the only one who can bring men to God and who indeed brings God to man. I am the way. I am the way. The context indicates this is the governing analogy. He has just mentioned in verse 4, And you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas said, how can we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way. And then at the end of the verse, returns to the same concept. No one comes to the Father except through me. The way is the governing analogy and The two other predicates are meant to supplement the idea he's been trying to convey the truth in the life. Although both in the original are mentioned with the definite article, in light of the context, they're not to be understood as separate concepts, considered independently of what really Jesus was trying to convey, I am the way to God. I am the way to God. I am the truth. Because... As the mountpiece of the one who sent me, I have testified about him in all fidelity and also in my perfect submission to his law embodied with perfection the moral standards he demands. And in myself, the visible manifestation of the invisible God, I reveal the pure and all the unadulterated truth of God. And this is why I am the way, because I can't be the way without being the truth. Me being the truth, the truth makes me the way. Every other way is counterfeit and false. I am the way because I am the truth. John 1 verse 14 And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. 1 John 5, verse 20, And we know the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. I am the life. How can I possibly be the way to God if not by being the one who, in having life in himself, is able to bring sinners into an ultimate state of full-blown glorious life that is eternal? He cannot be the way to God if not by being the life for the Son, in being the way for sinful men to come to God, does precisely redeem them from death. And no one says it better than John. Chapter 1, verse 4 In him was life. And the life was the light of man. Chapter 5, verse 26 For as the Father has life in himself, so He has granted the Son also to have life in Himself. John 6, I am the bread of life. John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. And because He is the life, He is the way. For... There is no one else but him who is the life. And outside of him, there's only death. There's only death. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who has sent me has eternal life. And this is eternal life, John 17, that they know you, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Dear brothers and sisters, since Jesus is the truth of God and the life of God, he must be the way to God. But remember, he's not a way to God. He is the way. The way. For no one comes to the Father if not through him. Uh, The remarkable promise of heaven as seen in this text is concluded with the statement on the only way to get there. It is through Jesus Christ. The way, the truth, and the life. You know him. There is no other way. It is only by faith in Christ, submitting ourselves to him as our Lord and Savior, and repenting of our sins. Belief, belief, belief is what brings us into the way. We all know John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for all of those who believe in him not to perish. Believe in him not to perish but have everlasting life. As I said in the beginning, I'll close with this thought. And perhaps is not the most comforting thought to close in a series about heaven but how many in the world are deceived thinking that it is possible to get to God through so many ways it is our duty our privilege to proclaim not only that he is the way the truth and the life but that No one will come to the Father except through Him. Let's pray. Father, what a privilege it has been for us to read again and again and study and understand as best we can, these words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ, I want to ask you that you would exalt yourself, exalt yourself, despite me, despite possibly some characteristic that I have, something that I said, but because of the truth of the word, and because of the power of your spirit, and because of the majesty of the message that you have proclaimed, and I would pray that it would grip our souls, that your spirit would continue to glorify the Son as we are edified. Through the preaching of his word. Father I want to pray. I want to pray for anyone here. That is possibly. Outside of the way. I want to pray for any deceived person. Who has. Mixed. The way with religion, the way with coming to church, the way with some doubts and fears and the way with a distorted view of the compassion and the mercy of God who will save all in the end. I just pray that if anyone here has not the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray that your spirit would work in their hearts. Bring them to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. For he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. This I pray in the name of your son Jesus Christ. Amen.